the challenge for us is either we're going to light the fire in our soul or either we're going to let the fire consume us. And where we come from in that scenario is, are we going to let our past haunt us into the future? Or are we going to let our past be guided, a guiding light for our future? Rain Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. I am your host, Nova Lorraine, and author of the newly released book, Unleash Your Supernova. It covers 101 action steps and how you can increase creativity and beat burnout. And if you are an entrepreneur or creative that is on the journey of entrepreneurship or thinking of pivoting to entrepreneurship, then you definitely need to get this book. It's all about how to successfully survive the marathon and or what we call the roller coaster of creative entrepreneurship. You can find it at all your major bookstores. So if it's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, whatever suits you, check out the book, get it today or gift it to a friend who you know is thinking about entrepreneurship. So I would love to say that we are bringing back one of my favorite guests. And if you haven't guessed it, (laughs) who it is, it is Jaden Sage, and he has been with us a couple of times already, actually, maybe maybe three times already. And he is the author of The Future of Money, a soon-to-be-released book. And we have talked about everything from cryptocurrency to the history of money to collectibles to maximizing your current assets and investments. And now we're going to talk more about the future. And one of the topics that we had offline was about space. And this is a new area that Jaden is embarking into. I have an interest in space, especially as it relates to fashion and sociological topics. And in our conversation, we came across the much needed conversation that needs to happen all across the globe, we believe, on how gender equality is going to look like in space and how that ties into where we are now and how history has even impacted where we are now and can impact where we go in the future. And so with Jaden being one of my favorite people to have these conversations with as relates to the future, I'm super excited to bring him back so we could talk about this this really important topic and you can explore how this is going to impact you and what you can do with this information as well. So I'm going to stop chatting and I'm going to introduce Jaden. Welcome, Jaden. Thank you, Nova. Thank you for having me. Well, well, we are in space now. We we went from taking care of our financial books to discussing how we're going to operate in space. Exciting. Yes, because we know, I'm sure, that our financial system in some way, shape, or form is going to follow us in space as well. And it's important for us to explore these issues now. And so we can, with our eyes open, step into this new frontier, smarter and wiser for everyone. So everyone benefits. And as an immigrant from Jamaica, as a woman of color, I've experienced many times throughout my undergraduate years, primary years in education, throughout my professional career, what it looks like to be treated unfairly 
what it looks like to step into a gap of accessibility. And I am super passionate about making opportunities and education and sustainability as accessible to as many people as possible. And so that's definitely part of my soapbox and would love to open up our first segment of the show, as you know, with a story. So we're not going to get away with that. We are going to start with a story as we usually do. And for those that are joining us for the first time, we then move into a segment where our guest plays host and they can ask me any question they want. Jaden, be careful. And and then we're going to close it out with questions from our listeners. And so if you have a question for Jaden that we will, if we do not get to today, please shoot us over an email. Um, You can find me or DM me. You can find me at The Real Nova Lorraine on Instagram. You also can email pk at pinkkangaroo.com, the podcast network that I am on in addition to Evergreen Podcasts. So you can find me there and or at rainmagazine.com. So if again, if we're not able to cover one of your questions, please do not hesitate to reach out. And so Jaden, do you have a story ready for us? Yes, we do have a story and it ties into the future of our journey out of this planet because the challenge for us is either we're going to light the fire in our soul or either we're gonna let the fire consume us. And where we come from in that scenario is, are we gonna let our past haunt us into the future? Or are we gonna let our past be guided, a guiding light for our future. If you look at how we are structured as a society, and this is something that's been set up for more than 10,000 years, probably close to 25,000 years, but let's go back to the, the schoolyard. When you were a kid and you went out for recess during lunchtime, the, the uh, boys and girls usually bifurcated into two groups. And on the boys' side, I remember just having this very short discussion with my friends as to what we're going to play. And then immediately I would say, okay, we're going to do this. And everybody just fell in line, decided to do that. And usually it was playing superheroes or whatnot. And I got to pick which superhero I wanted to be because I was leading my group. And then everybody fell in line according to the pecking order. Now on the girls' side, something completely was different was happening. And Nova, give me an, an idea of what was happening on the girls' side when you were young. Well, I was playing superheroes too. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) So, I mean, but just to set the stage, to be fair, I grew up with four brothers and I am number four of six. So my sister did not come until eight years after I was born. And so I was hanging tough with the boys. So for Mm. me, I want to be Wonder Woman. And, but on the playground, I do remember us playing hopscotch, double dutch, four square, and just chatting about the boys across the way. (laughs) So I do remember that. And yeah, they were either playing tag. I don't know what else they were doing over there, but, or dodgeball or something. But yeah, I do remember there definitely were different activities that each group was doing for sure. The greatest differential, and that's the one that's haunting society even today and will haunt us in the future, is that on the boys' side, what was being played was a competitive sport or something of a competitive nature. In order for me to win, you had to lose. But on the girls' side, what usually plays out, outside of Unova, is <laughs> is that, okay, <laughs> how are we going to play a game that we can both 
all the group can enjoy. So it wasn't about that competitive drive to the nth degree. And that's one of the differentials between how boys are raised and girls are raised. So can I just pause there? Because that's really interesting. And I've never thought about the fact that I had, I was surrounded by brothers, which would impact my perspective on how I do things. And I would say most of my life, I've absolutely been extremely competitive. I've I participated in sports most of my life. I love playing games of whatever sort. And I do get into that mindset of what's the strategy to win? <laughs> <laughs> Where I am right now is a little different from a mindset perspective. And it's that we have a pie. And if you <laughs> don't tease me about my food analogies, Jaden, if you slice the pie, whatever your slices is, is for you. And so the competitive aspect of what we do is truly an illusion because no one can take what's for you, but it's absolutely something that's built into our culture. And I never thought about how it, you know, how I was raised and the fact that, you know, I had such a clan, big clan around me and majority were boys. So it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. I mean, look, the pie analogy works for both genders. The only challenge is that on the boys' side, it was like, as long as I get the biggest slice of the pie, I'm good. <laughs> so, mm. so fights ensued. And those fights and that permeation into the mindset carried over into adulthood. And it's not just the adulthood of today. It's the adulthood of, say, 20,000 years ago during Egyptian time. Hence, we know that they also had wars. Because when you have that mindset that my pie has to be bigger than the other people's, my slice of the pie has to be bigger than the other people's, you automatically default to the position of enforcement of that, right? So how can you aggressively enforce? You go to wars. So the concept of war has had that gender imbalance always in play because we switched from a matriarchal society, which is what we were if you go further back in time, to a patriarchal society, we let the men lead. While that was great for the ego for all the male participants, simultaneously, it didn't serve anybody. It didn't actually even serve the men because by having that aggressive stance, by having war as a normal day-to-day -day operation of a state, there was a lot of horrors, there was a lot of strife, and the biggest challenge was that civilization kept resetting. The number one cause of reset was not an avalanche, was not a tsunami. It was always wars. You had great civilizations and they died off due to wars. That's really interesting. It also takes me back to a conversation I had with a good friend a couple of years ago. And he also was touching on the fact that there is a great imbalance between the what he called the feminine energy and the masculine energy on the planet. And... Then he went on to say, Nova, let me ask you a question. If women were in charge around the globe, do you think that we would have wars? And then I had to stop and think. And then he said, well, I'm going to put this out there. He then went on to say that most women who have sons, children, and I, of course, now we have women in armies and women fighting for their countries. But in the past, it was just the sons that would fight. So if we go back to the past, most women would not send their son off 
to kill another woman's son or to be killed. And so for just that, if that basic premise, women leading would find a way to come up with a solution that wouldn't involve their children killing other children or being killed. And I thought that was really powerful because I had never thought about that up until that point. And it sort of ties into what you're saying, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that too. Well, I mean, how does an airplane fly? An airplane requires both its wings in order to stay aloft. So if you, right now, society for the last 10,000 years at least, has been tilted towards a patriarchy and you know all actions are based on males making the decisions. So the plane has been tilted, right? So can a tilted plane fly? No, it starts spiraling and continues to crash and goes up again and crashes. So if you revert that and change it to a female energy-led situation, then again, the plane would crash. What you need is balance. Harmony lies in balance and that's where we would need to be. So while it's uh, while it's an easy default, quick answer to all our problems is to say, okay, well, now let the other side lead. It would fix some problems, but simultaneously, it possibly could create new ones that we haven't even thought of yet. Because the harmony always lies in balance. So if, if you want this plane to fly and continue to ascend higher and higher, this plane being humanity, then you would want a balanced approach. And that's what we need to achieve. That makes sense. And I agree. I think with anything, it's about balance. I was having a hosting a clubhouse room this morning and it was around the future of fashion. And we were talking about digital technology and how it's playing into the realm of sustainability and how traditional production, fabric production, can be more sustainable and will one replace the other and or will one outpace the other or better than the other. And what I was sharing with the group is that digital fashion is a new industry, but it shouldn't be seen as the only priority and the only fix or solution to sustainable fashion. It is a solution to some aspect of, but it also has its inherent problems. And the most sustainable solution is the balance between the physical and the digital. And so going back to your point about balance and leadership, we we are very much in a time period where every couple of days, there's a new announcement on LinkedIn of a new leader of a major organization, which is great because it's filling in some of these really obvious gaps in leadership and in an effort I hope to create that balance, right? And so, yeah, the yin and the yang is always the <laughs> the best way to go at the end of the day. So I'm going to ask you, how in the world do we move to a place of balance before we get into space where we're, we're going into, because we're already launching ships and you hear about, you know, space stations being, that's going to be built, you know, potentially on these different planets. So how do we get there from where we are now? Well, the key, again, is always if we start with the uh, with the term balance, right? So we're currently out of balance, even within space, because if you look at it, space is mostly a tech endeavor. Tech has a disproportionate amount of males in it, while we, we are trying to get uh, girls into the STEM courses as fast as possible. But, you know, it takes time to raise a new generation. We have that challenge right now. 
space is dominated by for male energy at this point. And you can see the reverberations in uh, how the approach is and what the dialogue is, is that we are going to get out there. We're going to be the first. We are going to do this. It's, it's still that if you go back to the playground, it's still that I win if you lose and uh, my slice has to be bigger than other people's slice. So we're not doing it as a communal effort. We're not doing it in cooperation because the, the balance isn't there. So very aggressively, we need to fix this problem and make sure that we lead out into space in a balanced manner between the male energy and the female energy. Otherwise, we're going to have a repeat of the same set of problems that we had on planet Earth, primarily wars. Wars are a dictation of less, a few people's will. So you automatically don't want that. You want that cooperation. And if we get this wrong, Nova, we will enter space, which is far bigger than our conditions on Earth. Earth is just one small egg that we were on. And once we're out in space, you have the moon, you have Mars, you have cis-lunar, cis-Mars, uh, which basically means space stations within that space between Mars and Earth, and then beyond the moons of Jupiter. So we are setting premises where if we continue on our current path, we will have a space environment that is just like on Earth. And on Earth, it's been quite tragic where we've had endless amount of wars, endless resets, constantly restarting civilization because we just couldn't keep our egos in check because there were too many participants who led with their ego and the feminine energy was missing in the equation. So we need to rather swiftly fix this problem. Otherwise, we will pay for consequences far down the road with that imbalance. Yeah, no, I agree. I was, I came across an article just recently and this was brought up in a few conversations I've had this week. One um, for a conference for San Francisco Fashion Week as relates to the disparity that currently exists in the industry and how technology is only going to widen that gap. And with only 25% of software engineers currently being women and only 8% of software developers only being women. And as you mentioned, in the space industry, it's it's more tech heavy. We are already at a disadvantage as it relates to balance and equality, gender equality. And so, yes, there needs to be balance. We already see where the numbers are. And then that's not even touching on the sub sub segments of those categories. What can we do right now? Is it education? Is it conversation? Should there be workshops? Because as you mentioned, yes, there's a lot more STEM programs and that are being introduced to children in elementary, middle, high school. What else can we do right now to help drastically shift these numbers? I mean, from 8%, that's a big gap, <laughs> you yeah. know, does it, that we have to fill. And or should we bring in other industries? If you understand how much power the imbalance has caused strife on planet Earth, then you can recognize the urgency of shifting that 8% number to 50% as quickly as possible. Do you know, Nova, one of the greatest achievements of humanity has been landing on the moon, right? Like when we landed on the moon, that's a crowning achievement for humanity. Would you agree? Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's definitely It's a great, up there, right? It's yeah, up there. For sure. But if you think about it, that was 12 men, a grand total of 12 men 
landed on or humans landed on the moon and here is the characteristics of that all 12 men were white they were men and they were american now when we say proudly whether you're in nigeria or whether you're in japan or whether you're in america or latin america when we say proudly that we humanity have gone to the moon how much of that is a representation of planet earth mm. you know so has humanity gone to the moon yet no i don't think so we haven't actually gone to the moon we have had a small subset of humanity a subset of humanity getting to the moon so now while that may be we're working hard with the artemis project to actually change that out but recognize the last 50 years from that time when we landed on the moon that perspective is coming from that position right where a small subset of humanity's been there now imagine if out of those 12 everybody was six men six women uh, six you know 12 different ethnicities what would our perspective have been how different would our perspective be how quickly we would have gotten into space faster rather than languishing for 50 years and what greatness we would have achieved already it's whenever you have only a small group of people no matter which group it is participating in an endeavor it will always limit its grandeur so we need to fix this rather quickly how we do it is a all hands on deck approach mm. we won't be able to fix it with some strategic or surgical strikes which may be helpful but we need to look at every aspect of it and recognize that space is a denominator i like to say that space they're going to a math analogy space is a denominator which means you can assign whatever numerator that you want so if somebody is in fashion then they would assign fashion as the numerator to that space denominator and create the outfits for people once they are in space and then any other endeavor if you're in food well we need food in space if you're a chef well so that's your numerator whatever strength you already achieved or whatever greatness you've achieved or skill set you have is just your numerator with space as the denominator rather than in the past planet earth we never saw it as planet earth because we never had that contrast frame of reference but that's what it is space is a denominator you will bring your strengths as the numerator and we need everybody i love that i think that brings it down to a more relatable perspective in terms of what can i do as a listener to this show to make a difference and an impact and as a creative as an entrepreneur as a developer as an engineer as an athlete what can i do in the realm of space to balance out this equation look what happened in space in 50 years because we had just a small subset of humanity going out there look what transpired we literally have statements like well i'm not a rocket scientist so i can't figure this out so you automatically it's ingrained in humanity that space is an allocation for those who are quote unquote rocket scientists people with an exceptional genius level well now we're bringing space down to planet earth if you will and we need everybody so the mindset still is out there that space oh my god that's for rocket scientists that's not for me no space now space 2.0 which is where we're at we need everybody and most importantly we need 
half of humanity to be equally represented in space in order for us not to screw up like we did on Earth with all our wars and endeavors and go into space more egalitarian, more cooperative, more along the lines of how can we continue to prosper in space rather than keep fighting wars in space. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that it also, how you just stated it, it opens up the realm of possibilities, no matter where you are in the world or what your interests are or skill sets are, using space as that denominator, as you mentioned, just like fashion as a denominator. And I could do accessories, I can do swimwear, I can do lingerie, I can do outerwear, or now, you know, the chatter around NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Well, I can do art and NFTs, or I can do antiques, or I could do real estate, or I could do fashion. So looking at space as a denominator based on your interest, where can you fit into this new story? And then encouraging as many people to start thinking about where they could fit in. And so I think the on the educational side, it's one way to introduce these conversations in the schools of primary schools, secondary schools, graduate schools, and then also on the entrepreneurial side, encouraging and inspiring entrepreneurs to think about the new opportunities in this blue ocean is what it is. Like there's there's no competition. It's very new. Uh, you know, unless you're trying to go head to head with SpaceX, but still there's still there's room for as many versions of SpaceX companies out there that want to be a part of that. And so I think that's a really great point and the perfect segue into the second segment of our show where you play host and you've done this before and you ask me any question that you like. And you know, I'm going to say, be careful, Jaden. <laughs> you've been good for the last few shows. So I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, we'll just frame it with the mindset that we're all suffering from. And that mindset is the last 50 years where we felt that, you know, you have to be a rocket scientist to be in space. The big takeaway here is that it's not that it would be great if you, and that when I say you, I mean everybody on the planet, joined in space, it would be great. It's that we need you in space. We need everybody's input and everybody's skills in space because this is space is going to be planet Earth 2.0. So we're going to need everybody. So the first most important thing we got to move out of the way is the mindset that, oh, well, I couldn't contribute anything to space. No, the reality is we need you. And that is, in lies your question, which is, what is one of the things you would personally want to accomplish or see a change in space that you don't see on Earth? Oh, a change. Okay, so I think that's a two-part question. Yeah, I layered it on purpose. <laughs> just, so you'd have, so, just so you'd struggle with the answer and just like half-bake it. <laughs> Okay, for fun, I would love to be one of the designers for the first gala and ball in space. Nice. I mean, mm. hello, as a fashion designer, you and there are no rules, right? Wasn't so, that a Bruce Willis movie? Like, there, wasn't there a, a Bruce Willis movie where there was this gala opera in space? I think it. it that I'm getting an image, but do not ask me the name of the movie. But yeah, I, no, no. But this has been done. So you are the future designer for that gala. Yes. <laughs> listen, what are you wearing to the space gala, <laughs> Noble Lorraine? I think that would just be fun because we're starting with a whole new set of rules. 
as it relates to what you wear in space and just the imaginative side would be amazing in that regard. As it relates to what I would like to see that doesn't already exist is just more equality as it relates to financial sustainability. And if we can get that right, that would be amazing because it's really hard to grow personally or spiritually if you are consumed with how you're going to meet your daily needs, Agreed. your basic needs, you know, shelter, food, safety. And if more of our basic needs are met for the majority of individuals where they can now focus on, well, how can I be a better version of myself? How can I increase my creativity? How can I learn and discover new aspects about myself that I didn't even know? How can I help others be better? And so these are questions and what I would say conversations that are happening now. And, but again, if we're too stressed, tired, angry, frustrated, poor, discriminated against, whatever it is, it's hard to then focus on those other aspects of growth. Where and does that anger come from, Nova? Where does that anger come from? The anger comes from not that you don't have the money. The anger comes from, if let's use a baseball analogy, is that not everybody gets to get up to bat. If everybody was equally allowed to get up to go to bat, then it wouldn't be that much of a concern whether you're going to get a ball thrown at you. And then it's up to you whether you hit it or not. Mm -hmm. The challenge is that not everybody's allowed to get up to bat. Certain yeah. groups aren't for all sorts of ridiculous reasons based mostly on fear. We don't allow everybody an equal opportunity to get up to bat. If they did, then let's uh, change our money to the baseball balls. Then everybody, nobody would be complaining, oh, I don't have enough balls to hit. Yes, you do. It's just the problem is and the anger and the frustration and the lack of resources comes from the lack of ability of everybody to be able to go up to bat. If you felt confident that you have the ability to go to bat just like everybody else, then instead of looking outwards for someone to blame, you would look inwards far more often because you'd be like, hey, I keep getting chances to go up to bat. If I'm striking out, I need to improve my game. I agree. I agree. And well, what about this? What if we just took away the quote unquote financial system in space? Why do we even have to bring it there? We would have a value exchange mechanism failure, which basically means what, again, if one person, let's say everybody is going up to bat, but one person is hitting home runs while the other person is striking out. So that could be an imbalance based on one person being far more skilled or having had practice more. Practice makes perfect. So one person just because they got the opportunity to go to bat and had invested in themselves with enough practice, they're going to be striking out. So if you remove money, then you're creating going back to that egalitarian to a fault socialism concept where everybody's equal, irrelevant of their uh, value that they brought to the table or the skills or the practice that they brought to the game. So you that value mechanism ha creates the opportunity for those who are striving harder to have a greater opportunity presented to them uh, versus those who are not bringing their best A game to the equation. Well, let's let's think about that for a second and talk about that a little more. 
if we look back at history and we both love history and we look at how indigenous communities really base their society on more of a communal process as you and or system as you were mentioning and it's all about supporting each and every unit to make sure that their basic needs are met so then then their free time is spent in more of the social or artistic activities or artistic expressions in terms of music or dance or conversation so if it worked in history in different parts of the world without that monetary that illusionary item that we're putting a monetary value into why could not that work in space why couldn't we bring that system into space without creating the imbalance yeah because that definition is an illusion because what happened during hunter gatherer societies while they were far more communal and everybody got the berries so we did share to the point where everything that was gathered was shared equally but he who brought down or the group that brought down the mastodon were the ones who were the they had more in that tribe in that society in that group so if you were bringing home the meat if you were bringing home the skins with which the fur was used to create the clothes and everything else so while a base was achieved which was everybody got to eat the berries but if you wanted to partake in the meat you had to go out and hunt and there was a chance that you were going to falter and die in the process hunting berries the chances of you dying is is limited because you may just eat the wrong berries and kill yourself but outside they they're live animals and it's a whole different ball game so while we were communal back then it wasn't this rosy situation where there wasn't this pecking order or stratification stratification was based on merit and that will apply continuously as long as humanity exists hmm okay i read this book called we can experiment in space we can experiment yeah. with well another beauty of space is you could literally have a colony that experiments with hardcore egalitarianism you could be sleeping all day long and one person could be working very hard and you both equally 50 50% share in your resources that were acquired by the working hard individual we can entertain that as well as entertain some all variations all the way to the point of pure capitalism so we can space will give us the opportunity to set up different quote unquote colonies where we will actually be able to entertain different models of how humanity should exist but nonetheless this these challenges will remain how and what is the best approach okay that's fair and and i was just it, the book just came to me i think it's mutant message down under which is a very controversial book as it relates to if it's fact or fiction but it does share a story of an aboriginal tribe that was able to successfully you know live in this communal system and mm-hmm. the competition was completely removed and they were able to support each other and everyone you know shared equally so it was just interesting but yeah i think the experimentation the the whole concept that hey we can go to this new frontier and experiment with new systems to see what works best. So that's also exciting. Right, but it it won't change the one thing that we need to fix irrelevant of what experimentations we do out there. One thing won't change unless we have equal representation of the feminine energy to complement the male energy, we will continually land in the land of strife because it will be led an imbalanced approach. Got it. 
Yes. All right. We got a lot of work to do. <laughs> yes, we do. But you know what? We could do it. It's all good. It's all yeah. good. It's an opportunity. And yeah. opportunities are exciting all the way around. So I want to make sure that we have time to get to some of our questions in our last segment of the show. So I'm going to take the mic back, Mr. Temporary Host, Jaden Sage. And for those that are just joining us, we are having a conversation. I'm having a conversation with author of The Future of Money, Jaden Sage, about space, women, and the reset. How do we look at history, where we are now, to fix the problems moving into this new frontier? And we are going to now move into questions from our listeners. And so I have a question from Christiana. Her question is, what jobs do you see being most in demand initially in space? Well, space is already opening up beyond launch, right? Space is actually uh, fracturing into individual industries because before space was all about launch. It was all about rockets, right? Like, can we get into space? Well, that's already being accomplished, right? So launch is one thing. Then you have, we're going to need space stations there. We're going to need colonies. We're going to need food. We're going to need clothing. We're going to need everything. So the, the short answer is as soon as you accomplish launch, all hell breaks loose. Basically, whatever on Earth we need, we need in space, unless you keep sending rovers and then the robots don't need a lot. But we humans need everything. We even need creature comforts. We could have long flights within space that bore us to death and we need an amped up version of Netflix. We need new series that last, I don't know, six months <laughs> because you need that much time on your commute off to your new space station. So it's going to mean anything and everything rather swiftly. Launch will be accomplished within the next five to seven years. Beyond that, it's wide open and most jobs will be in many, many different fields. Wow, that's huh, so interesting. So, so interesting. So five to seven years. Yeah, fascinating. It comes fast. Exponential yeah. technological innovation causes things to come faster than we can project. And that has always happened. Look, look at the iPad. Look at the rate of adoption of the iPad. And when it was released and from the time most people had it, it was rather quick. So we as humans get conditioned into thinking it's going to be, oh, it's ways off. It's going to hit us rather quick. So I see space as no different in how fast it's going to come. And you can see it on the news as is. It's coming. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. So interesting. So uh, this question is from Cameron. And he wants to know if I'm interested in space and I'm in college, what is the best way to prepare myself for this industry? Well, if you're in college, which basically means post-college, you have a few years of getting ready for your uh, career or your development of your interest. So if that ties in with the five to seven years that we have while we accomplish launch. So it shouldn't really, because the default answer right now is, well, you should become an engineer, you should look at launch. We need to move the conversation away. We need to move our attention, pivot away from launch because launch is already, there's plenty of bright people who are chasing launch and we're going to accomplish launch. So it should really come from the heart. It should come from your own interest, be it no matter which field it is. If you like food, keep pursuing becoming a chef because you'll create some great food with a 3D food printer or something 
out there in space. So you should pursue whatever you like because it'll just auto-translate into space. Okay, and this is a question from me <laughs> to piggyback <laughs> on the answer that you just shared. So if you have a chef and or designer and they're continuing to do what they are interested in right now, how do they break into the space industry? Well, like anything else, when you'll know when the opportunity is there. So you, you're like getting honing in your craft or if you've already honed in your craft, it's this goes back to when we had the dot-com period, right? So a lot of people were like blindsided by dot-com and a lot of people said, hey, I'm an expert fashion designer, so I'm going to create www.fashion.com. So it was an easy segue. So you'll know when it's the right time for you to jump in and there'll be many, many opportunities opening up. That is the clearest way to express this is that just like .com, everything had a .com attached, everything will have a .space attached so you can easily segue and you'll know the right time for your industry when it's time to jump in. Wow. So exciting. Ooh, I love new things. Love new frontiers. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? We're living in a time when there's always something new coming, some great opportunities. It's great to be alive. This is the time to like keep exploring and trying new things because who would have thought that, you know, okay, well, space is going to be something we're all going to take a part of, you know? So that's something you watched on TV, right? Not engaged in. So it's a great time to be alive. There's so many opportunities coming down the pipeline. That's amazing. Before we close out, any financial tips, money tips, any gems <laughs> you want to drop? You know, I got to bring that money back in here. Yeah. And this is the perfect tie-in because think about this. Billionaires came about from the dot-com or the internet world, right? Before that, you didn't have billionaires. You had millionaires. Then the internet gave us the billionaires space will give us the trillionaires because space has so many resources to mine, so much opportunity, so much of a blank slate that we get to write in space the true nature of our soul on that open canvas and explore our creativity to the nth degree. It is time, it is time that we will be able to light the fire and ignite our soul. And that will be achieved in space and with that type of fervor inside of us, we'll be able to achieve trillionaires. And hopefully there'll be many more as we go into space. Wow. Boom. Mic drop. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you close it out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Jaden, for joining me again and exploring this really fascinating and must have topic of women's space and the reset. How do we do it better? How do we do it right as we move into this new frontier? And it's always a pleasure. So thank you again. And ladies and gentlemen, this is Jaden Sage, the author of The Future of Money. Jaden, how could they find you if they have any questions or want to connect with you and or collaborate as it relates to any of the projects you're working on? You could just Google my name and find me in one of many ways. So yeah, would love to hear from people. It's, All right. great. it's great to be here, Nova. And yes. it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it's just always so much fun. <laughs> there I go again. I'm see. So you brought me back to the singing <laughs> thing. What? What is that all about? Anyway, thank you so much, our listeners, for joining us for another episode of Unleash Your Supernova. And again, I am the author of the newly released book, Unleash Your Supernova. <laughs> 
So there is no excuse in how you can find the book. It's available at all major bookstores. And again, if you want to know how to increase your creativity, beat burnout, survive the roller coaster of creative entrepreneurship, this book is for you and or gift it to a friend or someone you know that's thinking about taking that plunge into the world of entrepreneurship. It's always a pleasure. Looking forward to joining you again at our next episode. And thank you again, Jaden, for joining us today. Thank you, Nova. All right. Until next time. Ciao.